get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kiley. Happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by our friend. We haven't talked to this man in quite some time. He's an NHL analyst for ESPN.com. His name is Greg Wyshynski, and you can follow him on Twitter at his last name, at Wyshynski, W-Y-S-H-Y-N-S-K-I. Greg, we appreciate the time as always, man. Excited for this hockey season. How are you doing today? I'm good. I mean, we haven't talked in a while. I guess this is what you know what happens when a team doesn't make the playoffs. Hey, but, Greg. Uh, Greg. You know, these things happen. These things happen. Greg, this is why we had you on, man. Why do you hate the Blues so much, Greg? I, I thought we were friends. I thought the Puck Daddy and BK and Ferrario were buddies. I remember sitting in that press box with Greg Wyshynski yeah. going into the Colorado Avalanche series and him telling us, hey, I think the Blues might be able to do this. And then ever since, Greg, it's just been pot shot after pot why shot Why did on these we blues. hurt you, Greg? I've got no issue with the blues. <laughs> I mean, it's it, you know, I listen. I have to call it like I see it, and like I see it is that it's a team that has diminishing returns, uh, a team that has a lot of familiar names on the blue line that maybe don't all add up to it being a good blue line, uh, that has a, a one extraordinarily great forward line in uh, Busnevich and and Kairu and Thomas, which I think could be the kind of line that's worth the price of admission, but overall has you know, some atrophy as far as the, the names that have left, like O'Reilly and Tarasenko. And then, you know, unfortunately, a uh, goaltender that's probably going to have more fighting majors than playoff wins this year for them. Well, I mean, I'd like to at least see one of those fights. I know a lot of people might get up in arms with that one, but but let's stick with the, let's stick with the defense here for a minute, Greg, because I, you speak for almost every Blues fan in the area because every time we talk about it, and I'll lean towards the optimism side, it's, well, it's the same team. How can it be different? Can there be an improvement from last year that gets people optimistic about this defense? I don't think so. I mean, again, it's it's the group that they're stuck with also because of how many how much trade protection these guys have on their contracts, and you know some of the contracts aren't all that fantastic either. Insofar as it's still being a flat cap, obviously it'll go up next season, but right now it it does restrict a lot of teams insofar as what they can do financially. So again, I, I just think you know. It's a lot of familiar names, but it's a lot of names that have gotten older. And in the case of Colton Pareko, we've gotten a little bit more ineffective as, as time has gone on. And, uh, you know, again, on, on paper, if you showed me this group maybe like three years ago, I'd be like, wow, that's incredible. How is this not a playoff team? But, but time marches on. And, and as a group, for whatever reason, uh, it just doesn't come together. So... I guess my my concern with this, Greg, is that it's not just a one-year issue. Like, they've got Nick Letty, Tory Krug, Justin Falk, and Colton Pareko all signed for multiple years remaining, even after 2023. I know the cap's expected to go up after this season, but if this doesn't get turned around, what does the long-term outlook look like for this Blues defense? Not great. I mean, again, this is a, it's a veteran group, right? And And you have to find ways... To, to change the mix if it's not working. And, you know, we talked about the trade protection, how many how many guys have no trade clauses. And, you know, the good news for, yeah, all of them, but the good news for the Blues is that you can find ways around a no trade clause. I mean, you can play hardball with a guy 
um, when it comes to a no trade clause because it's not a no movement clause. And I remember, you know, going back a few years, there was an issue with the Tampa Bay Lightning where they wanted to get rid of Dan Boyle and they threatened to, like, you know, drop him into the minors or drop him on waivers or something. There's ways you can get around no trade clauses insofar as exerting pressure if you needed to strong arm somebody. So that's the good news. And the good news also is that with the cap going up, it's going to be maybe easier to move some of these contracts uh, next off season. But, but as a for now problem, I mean, it's, it's not an impressive group. They're playing in front of a goaltender that's in, inconsistent at best. And I think, you know, defensively, this, this Blues team, which used to be such a stalwart defensively, I think it's going to be one of their issues this year. So, Greg, let me ask you this, and this is going to seem like an odd question, but I, I do remember, obviously, you, you've covered hockey for a long time, and you saw Tory Krug at his best with the Boston Bruins. He, of course, was in the news uh, about the pot- uh, potential trade in the offseason, that he nixed to stay with St. Louis. What was it when you watched Tory Krug at his best that made him stick out? It was speed. Um, it, it, it was good puck movement. It was being the quarterback on a on a power play that you know in hindsight was loaded with a lot of talent with Marchand and, and obviously with Pasternak being an absolute terror on the power play and he continues to be. Um, it's just a, a good steady offensive defenseman. I mean, the problem for him immediately was he was you know the alternative to losing Alex Petrangelo and and they're not similar defensemen. Like Petro obviously does a lot more and has certainly done a lot more with his time with the Vegas Golden Knights. They're different guys. And I feel like that was always going to be a strike against Krug during his time in St. Louis because it wasn't a one-for-one deal. He's a different defenseman, and he certainly couldn't fill the skates that Petrangelo left behind. We're talking to Greg Wyshynski for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You can find his work over at ESPN.com and follow him on Twitter at Wyshynski. Uh, Greg, one of the lines that I'm really intrigued by for the Blues is basically the outcast line. You've got Yakub Vrana, <laughs> Kevin Hayes, and Sammy Blay, all of whom were basically dropped from their previous team. And then the Blues are hoping that they're able to find some value with them. Yakub Vrana, basically from the moment that he was traded over here to St. Louis, has produced as a goal scorer. We know about his history and what he was in Washington, and he's trying to get back to that player. What is your level of confidence that he can be a 25-plus goal scorer again in this league? Well, that's just the thing. Like, I mean, when he arrived in St. Louis, for lack of a better term, it was garbage time. I mean, it wasn't like they were in the midst of a playoff race. And and I think when that happens, guys can get a little loosey-goosey and play a little bit more offensively and and not have to really pay attention to the other side of the ice. I mean, it's, it's... you're just trying to compile stats at that point. So I'm not surprised that he was able to put up numbers. I, I'm going to be interested more as we start this regular season and the games are more meaningful. And, and, uh, and obviously there's a little bit more defensive responsibility you probably want from him, what that game ends up looking like. He's always been a guy that's been able to, to put up impressive offensive numbers. But then obviously the off-ice stuff has really impacted his life. And hopefully he's got all that straightened out. He can concentrate on being a, a productive offensive player for the Blues. He's paired up and has been paired up with Kevin Hayes, Greg, and it's been a line through a couple of preseason games that looks that's looked really good. What kind of impact can a Kevin Hayes have on this team after what you've seen in Philly the last couple of Uh-oh. years? I don't think he's well, a fan of this move. Well, no, no. I, I, they, listen, from a fiscal standpoint, like it was a really smart decision to get Hayes in for the cap that they got him at. Like if, and they also didn't have to give up anything for him. So, I mean, if you're getting K, Kevin Hayes for free and they're picking up freight on that contract, I mean, why not? I mean, he's, he's fine. He's not a top-line center by any means. 
I think he's he can be a solid citizen uh, in the locker room. And if you're not expecting too much out of him, I think you could be he could be fine as as a depth center, uh, which is what I think he's projected to be. So no, I I had no beef with the, the Kevin Hayes move. I think it's uh, it was a good bit of business. Stop putting words in his mouth, BK. Um, Damn it! I, I I misread what he wrote in his piece the other day where he said I like the trade fiscally more than I like it on the ice. That was my my bad well, on no, interpreting I mean, it incorrectly. That's, that's, that's the thing. Like it, it all comes down to expectation. Like I'm I'm not the biggest Kevin Hayes guy insofar as playing in your like your top six. But I mean, if they if they cast him the right way, um, I think I think he could be effective. But again, like the thing I love most about the move is is getting an NHL player who can play you know third line center sure. for nothing basically. So, Greg, as you look at the Central Division, because I think this is really, if you're a Blues fan that is optimistic, as Alex is going into the season, where your optimism comes from is the Central is not exactly an overwhelming division right now. How do you view this division from the 10,000-foot view? Yeah, I mean, you've got two elite teams in, in Colorado and Dallas at the top of the division, and I've seen projections you know, that have Dallas winning the Central, have Colorado winning the Central. I have the Avs uh, winning the Central assuming they can stay, you know, moderately healthy. Uh, even, even, even last year, they, they had all those injuries and still ended up winning it. So like either, either one of those teams is going to finish at the top. And then behind them is, is like, like you said, you have the Minnesota wild who I guess you pencil in for over a hundred points every year, but then there's no real level up to that team because they still have systemic lineup problems that they can't solve because of their cap situation. Cause they had to spend all that buyout money on, on Parise and Suter a couple of years ago. And then you had that, that level behind them, and, and it's a bunch of teams kind of scratch, scratching and clawing and trying to get into a wild-card spot. So, and the Blues are one of them. I th- I'm really high on the Predators. I think that Andrew Brunette's going to turn that team into a, a good offensive team, and they've got incredible goaltending. Uh, and then the, the real wild card's Arizona. I, I'm pretty high on Arizona. Like I think that they've got a good base to build on. They imported some really good offensive talent in the offseason, in particular getting Logan Cooley to sign. I think he's going to potentially have more points than Bedard this year as a, as a rookie. Um, they've got good, good goals. I think doing, they've got that, that mullet arena and magic at, <laughs> at Arizona State university where they play really, really well in that little building. And then the other X factor is that the blues have to worry about is, is Winnipeg too, where, you know, we all went into the summer thinking that they were going to blow this thing up and Hellebuck gets traded and Shifley gets traded. And it ended up not being that way. And, They've got a talented team uh, still around those guys, uh, but it remains to be seen, you know, what the ceiling is going to be and, and whether or not they're going to have guys like Cole Perfetti uh, move up in the lineup and replace a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, who they traded to the Kings. Greg, final one for you. We appreciate the time as always. We, we play a game on our show called More Likely to Happen. I'm going to give you two scenarios. Tell me which one's more likely. More likely that the Blues compete for one of those bottom wildcard spots this season or they're selecting in the top 10 once again. More likely that they're a lottery team. What would have to happen for them to be competing for that wild card spot in your mind? Like, what's the thing that would have to go right? Incredible goaltending, um, you know, to to make up for the deficiencies on defense, and then and then kind of have the division sort of uh, not be as competitive as we think it could be in insofar as teams like the Jets and the and the Predators and the Coyotes. But, you know, and then the other thing, too, would be if the, if the Kyrie Thomas line can pop off. I mean, it's, it's not unheard of in the NHL to be carried by one great offensive line. And, and if that line can, can win you some games, 
than they might be in business. But you guys know that I'm, I'm just not a Bennington guy. And I'm not going to relitigate this crap the hundred thousandth time with Blues fans. Like I understand you watch him and he wins games and does fancy things, and then you and then you want to ignore what the stats tell you. But the stats tell you the guy's a sieve. He's had declining save percentages since he won the cup. And, you know, we could do this dance all day. But, like, the bottom line is that unless that guy is, is a better regular season goalie, they're not going to get a sniff of the playoffs. Greg, what do the numbers need to look like for you to like Jordan Bennington again? Well, his save percentage has to trend Above up. Average. And, and, and also, it'd be good if maybe he didn't have a negative goal saved above expected for once in the last couple of years. Like, there's, there's, he needs to be better. And he also needs to kind of, like, just focus on the game. You know, I, I know there's always this constant debate on whether or not like he's trying to fire up the boys by doing all this nonsense in the crease. Like he's a, you know, a, a B grade Ron Hextall, but like, you know, enough of the nonsense, focus on the goaltending and be better than he's been. It's a pretty, pretty easy solution. As somebody that has been trying to make basically those statements on the air in St. Louis for the last two years, I'm going to go ahead and peek over at the text line to see if you got the same reaction that I've been getting for two years. But Greg, I appreciate <laughs> you. We still love you, Greg. You're still our guy. I've been getting it on Twitter for, for forever. Like every time he does something stupid, uh, you know, people come at me. And then, and then the other thing is that whenever he makes a good save, people come at me and yeah. are just like, what do you have to say now? I'm like, always make saves. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a he's a, he could be a talented player, but I just don't think that he's played up to a level to get them into a playoff spot. Greg, you're the best, man. Appreciate you hopping on as always. We'll certainly be talking with you again soon. Hopefully as the Blues are a little better than anticipated. Fingers crossed. Anytime.